today. On today's episode, we have the marvelous Nora Harold with us. Nora is a channeler, a teacher, a Reiki master, a former Victoria's Secret employee, <laughs> a theater actor and director, and uh, we were thrilled to have her visit with us and have her on the show today. Uh, if you don't know, Nora has been channeling for over 20 years for people all over the world. And she channels a multitude of high vibrational beings, such as the Pleiadian Collective, Yeshua, the fairy being Caliandra, and the Lyrans and Lemurians. And in 2007, Nora began receiving these very specific transmissions about the integration of the fifth dimensional self and the reascension process. And, and she incorporates all of that into her work, which is phenomenal and amazing because it's something that we get to talk a little bit about in this episode. Yeah, you guys, we do talk about these monthly transmissions, but as someone who's been listening to them, they are such an invaluable resource. Um, whenever I am feeling like, what is going on? Trigger, trigger, trigger. All these emotions. Where are they coming from? What is happening? Uh, I get an email, monthly transmissions out. I listen to it. And she is spot on in bringing it all together, giving you the bigger picture of what's happening, what's going on. Suddenly it all makes sense. The Pleiadians come in and give practical exercises for um, transmuting that, for following those triggers, for balancing the chakras, getting into the heart center. And um, it's just incredible. I mean, it, it has really been such a wonderful tool that I have utilized. And we're so appreciative of her and the work that she's doing. And we cannot recommend it strongly enough. And the other aspect about Nora that I love, first of all, she's been doing that monthly transmission work since 2012. Mm -hmm. So six years, every month, sometimes multiple times, there's other things coming through. And she just really gifts a lot of free content with information. And like you said, practical techniques or, or just helping have a deeper awareness that sometimes, of course, everything is personal, but there are things that are working on a larger level that right. impact us. And if we don't know what those elements are, those energetics, whatever they may be, uh, I know just for me personally, how I feel at more at ease with that awareness of like, we're all in, we're all being impacted by this and how that's manifesting takes its own individual forms for everybody. 
Right. And as we know, we experience things on the personal level, but we're also going through things collectively. And the earth is going through her own things. And the, the galaxy is going through its own things. So there's so many factors to consider, which is why that higher dimensional perspective can be just what the doctor ordered, you know? Well, we have a delightful conversation with Nora. Yeah. I mean, it's... Her laugh, you guys. It's infectious. Get ready. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. And and just being able to have that time, we covered a lot of ground. We did. And touched on a lot of, of, of areas of importance. And But the best part is, is that we got to know Nora and just what she's all about. Well, and that's really important to us just making this show. Uh-huh. When we have people on here, the our guests that graciously agree to come on here and talk to us, for you and I, we're wanting to know, who are you? Yeah. Because I think it's really easy within especially, not just like the spiritual community, but any community, whether you're a musician or an artist, and, and people have this idea of you, right, as being what you're creating or what you're offering or what you're serving humanity with. And then there's you. Mm -hmm. We really want to know all these amazing human beings as who they are. And getting to share that with you guys, our listeners, is important. And so without further ado, here's our wonderful conversation with Nora Harold. Well, greetings, Nora. Hi, Marilyn. <laughs> Nora, we are so excited. Melissa. Oh, we are so excited you're on here. I have to say that after years of listening to your beautiful, years. beautiful voice on your transmissions, uh, I am so, this is like a dream come true. I can't believe that we're just talking in real time right now. Yay, thank you both so much for inviting me on and for hosting this beautiful podcast. And to all of you tuning in, thank you for bringing your light and your beingness and your love to this collaboration because you are a part of this creative process. You're not just an observer and a listener you're actively collectively creating this with the three of us absolutely so we are we're, yeah. <laughs> we're vigorously nodding our heads in agreement <laughs> so true it's so true we are and that's so beautiful mm-hmm. too um so for our listeners where where do you uh where where is your beloved sacred spot on mother earth where you call home what what, what part of of the world do you live in Nora? Yes, so I am in Ojai, California, which is, yes, it's this, oh, small town of around 8,000 people, and I think the valley itself uh, is home to, oh, I don't know what the exact number, it's Mm -hmm. it's a bit higher, maybe 15,000 people, Mm -hmm. Um, about 90 minutes north of LA. Oh, okay. Uh, But it, yep. 
it's um, filled with vortices and gateways and portals. John and I, my my partner of 19 years, Jonathan and I, <laughs> I say it that way because, you know, it makes total sense that we're still together. And yet, wow, that's like forever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we, we moved here just about nine years ago, uh, in May of 2009, we were guided to move to Ojai, uh, actually by a client. Hmm. <laughs> we, were, we were living in Northern California at the time. Uh, I'm from Chicago originally. So okay. that's where I started. All of my, my work was in Chicago. Um, started doing readings there, grew up uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. I went to college downtown Chicago. So I moved to the city when I was 19. Mm. Um, we moved from Chicago to Northern California in 2004. So almost 14 years ago now lived there for a couple of years in the redwoods. It was just, Oh, fantastically beautiful. And beautiful and amazing. And it's funny because when I was younger, I was very much a city girl, you know, I loved <laughs> the energy of the city mm-hmm. and I was, I was involved in theater and acting and directing and producing. That's what I did through most of my twenties. Um, and I could never have imagined <laughs> living <laughs> in the middle of the redwoods, right? Uh, on a property with a well and a septic system and a pond. <laughs> Right. That I mean, that felt horrible to me, to be honest. <laughs> I thought about that when I was in my 20s. I, I was in a relationship with somebody prior to John, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like multiple partners in this life. And and she said at one point that her vision was to live on a farm. And I remember thinking like, oh, we're going to have to break up. <laughs> no, if she really wants to do that. <laughs> you're gonna have to go your own way on that one Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is funny because john now my my current partner you know he loves to farm right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you had to take your journey to get there though right (laughs) so we were living in northern california living in the redwoods having this just fantastic experience along the russian river in Western Sonoma County, it's uh, I so encourage anybody, any of you to get out there if you can into the redwoods, into that land in Western Sonoma County. It's it's just beautiful and mm-hmm. magical. And I got direct guidance to move to Southern California. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who to LA, you know, who are still mm-hmm. acting and, and working in the industry and God, Southern California just never resonated with me as a place I ever wanted to live. But, you know, I know enough to listen to my guidance when it shows up and hits me over the head multiple <laughs> times. This message was so we took a trip and uh, I happened to mention to a client that we were thinking of of exploring Southern California. And she said, I think you should look at Ojai. Mm. And, um, she knew about Ojai because her son at 13 years of age, when living in, in the Chicago area, decided he wanted to go to a private school in Ojai, California. And she and I had had a a big conversation about that because that really a lot of her buttons. And (laughs) my take on it was, yes, of course he should, he should go to school in Ojai. This is a kid who, 
who had showed very little interest in school and suddenly was super excited, you know, right. so he did and had an amazing experience here. So John and I came down here and, and we checked it out. And I, I was like, no, you, <laughs> no, nah, I don't like it. Doesn't feel good to me. We, we, we came in the backside and then we, we went to some coffee house and talked to some cranky screenwriter who <laughs> life right so we're like no I'm no I don't want to live in Ohio, and and my vision at the time was I really wanted to live at the beach uh -huh. like that was my pull so we moved to Encinitas which is in northern San Diego County and lived at the beach for a couple of years and that was fantastic right to to live at the ocean and yeah. connect with the ocean in that way right mm -hmm. so it's you know, city and then redwoods and then ocean and beach. Um, but we weren't doing well in Encinitas uh, financially. Mm -hmm. Just it, it wasn't working for us, right? Mm -hmm. We were running out of money, to, to put it bluntly. And um, one of the things that, re that happened while we were living in Encinitas was that I restructured my entire way of offering sessions and giving mm. reading. So as a part of facilitating that, my clientele base, I would say two thirds of it just disappeared mm. to allow me the space and time to restructure my way of working. That was, right. I was mm -hmm. about to, to do a reading around the winter solstice of, of 2007, I was getting on the phone to sit with a client, and I heard very clearly from the Pleiadians as I put my hands on my tarot deck because I was still working with my tarot at that point in doing readings. It was this combination tarot channeling psychic thing I was doing at the time, and I heard very clearly from the Pleiadians. Put your cards down and do not touch them again in a private session. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when direct guidance <laughs> is so direct? As I'm dialing the phone, right? As I'm dialing my phone, I'm like, are you freaking okay? Fine. Um, so that happened, right? And then 2008 unfolded and this whole thing with uh, my clientele just pretty much disappearing to allow me the space to disconnect from my attachment to the tarot because I had formed an attachment to the tarot and that way of working. And that opened me up to do a lot more direct voice channeling, which is funny because that's where I started. When I started in my connection and contact with my guides back in 1996, I immediately began direct voice channeling. But Two years later, when I jumped into being a professional <laughs> psychic channel healer, whatever the hell you want to call me, right? Mm -hmm. I I used the tarot as my tool for connection in those one-on-one -on -one sessions when I was a dollar a minute tarot card reader in mm -hmm. metaphysical bookstores in and around Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that became kind of what I was known for in the Chicago area and in in the suburbs and then when i moved to northern california right that was everyone's frame of reference nor is this tarot card reader who's really psychic and also is a reiki master and channels but those things were like mm, simmering on the back burner right they were kind of mm -hmm. underneath they weren't really 
what people thought of when they thought of me. They thought of me as a psychic. Right. And then in Encinitas, you know, I received that guidance that, okay, you've got to release that costume and, mm. you know, take on this other identity of direct voice channel offering more guidance oriented information, less psychic information. And that all happened then during 2008 coming into 2009 as we ran out of money. Right. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, Oh, hi. Came back into my consciousness sitting wow. at my desk, just freaking out <laughs> saying like, what are we, what are we going to do? Right. <laughs> And oh, I dropped back into my consciousness. And I said, really? All right. And um, went on Craigslist. And then we, we met like three people over the course of the next three days, all who were from Ojai mm. or the surrounding area. And came up here. And the very first house we looked at is the house we're still living in nine years later. <laughs> so, perfect you know, design, and it, perfect unfolding. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's funny how we're just talking about, you know, kind of where I live. Yeah, that's the question you asked, but it's no. kind of opened up this conversation around how I live, right? Yeah. And and this is how I live. It's And it's often, at times, has been very much by the seat of my pants financially, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've often shared this. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, stockpile a big bunch of money and then do what I want. Mm -hmm. I... Mm -hmm seek out the experiences I want to have. And I start to give myself those experiences. And along the way, the financial means show up to support the experience. That's how we moved to California in the first place. Mm. Now, we moved out to Northern California with very little in the bank, you know, and from a fifth dimensional perspective, um, when you're running fifth dimensional operating system, you don't have a bank account. Right. <laughs> That's exactly. Not mm -hmm. Everything <laughs> is possible. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. We're creating in the moment. So, mm -hmm. yes, there you go. That's right. that very long-winded answer to That's where you live. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> just been doing that naturally. You know, a lot of us are really still trying to <laughs> master that concept. Um, it's funny that you used the, the, the word mastered. Um, I don't know that I would apply that to myself uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I there are absolutely things I want to give myself that I continue to hold myself back from mm. uh, based on fear and anxiety and my own trauma and issues, just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, that's what we love about you. <laughs> you're so real and and authentic and vulnerable about everything that you're feeling and experiencing and it truly makes you so unique that you're so public about your whole life and your process it's just so real and we love that Thank we love you. that about you we appreciate it and it's needed you know I think people have these ideas about people in the quote-unquote spiritual community or people who are teachers um, as being uh, not really human not living human lives with human struggles and I think it's really important to for people to see that that vulnerability and the process as it unfolds that you share with the, the collective and it's just such a valuable resource and we love that and it's about a courageous you. it's a courageous act every time you do that you know vulnerability requires a person to be brave you know and so I know we're kind of 
going down this other path here, but that's something Melissa and I, I just really resonate with and appreciate in anybody who's willing to do that. And, and not everybody does that, you know? Thank you. Yes. It's, um, it's something I'm conscious of and oftentimes I'm not conscious of, you know, it's, mm -hmm. I think it's part of my, probably part of the mission I created for myself prior to incarnating. Mm -hmm. Um, and I became aware of it really early on. I remember one night when I was a dollar a minute tarot card reader, you know, um, a, a client of mine said to me, this is like in my first year of my career as a <laughs> channel. God, it's just so funny to apply those words, right? Mm -hmm. To this or anything else we do on the world at this time. Right. <laughs> all, all, those, all those words and those ideas, right. those enslaving ideas, right? They're all, all dissolving. But she said to me, you know, what are you going to do, um, you know, when you're done doing readings tonight? And I said, ah, I got to I got to go to the laundromat and do some laundry. <laughs> and she, she looked so disappointed. Right. Her face fell. Right. And she's like, ah, oh, couldn't you have said like you're going to go meditate at the full moon? Uh -huh. And I said, yeah, but that's not what I'm going to go to. And I have to do my laundry just like you. <laughs> so I, that was a clarifying moment for me where I, I, I did choose a path in that moment, you know, because I could have given a bullshit response. And I certainly there were plenty of times when I would go do a full moon ritual or, mm -hmm. you know, hang out with the fairies or whatever. But that <laughs> night I happened to be doing laundry and that was well, true and honest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's real. <laughs> well, you also have some fur babies, right? Yes, four. That I know you love. Yes, one kitty named uh, the Smurf. Which <laughs> her, her formal name is Ursula, but uh, it was maybe <laughs> way too formal for her, we came to realize immediately on accepting her into our home. She originally came to us with another kitty, Izzy, who passed mm. back in 2014. Mm. But the Smurf is a full-on fairy in cat form. <laughs> and um, she, for a long time, I thought she wasn't going to be with us for very long because she, uh, I can see her phasing in and out of her body and wow. literally having a hard time um, being third-dimensional, being physical, being grounded into that kitty form. And then something shifted as collective consciousness, as we raised our vibration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her one day and thought, oh, you're staying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was Izzy who left early, which wow. just completely surprised me. I never thought Isabella, Izzy, our Pleiadian cat would go, but she, she left her body and rejoined the Pleiadian collective. Um, and I, so I have communication with her all the time. And yes, then we have three canine companions um, that are just, you know, uh, an amazing pack of energy and love and mm -hmm. fun and play. And we started with one and then the other two just joined us <laughs> this last year. The third snuck his way in. I was trying <laughs> to rehab him, find him a home. <laughs> uh -huh. And in, uh, in the guise of doing that, I took him home from the Humane Society for just for the weekend, mm -hmm. right? Just the weekend. Just, just right. a little and weekend he, overnighter. And he, he just slept 
all and snuggled all weekend. You know, he he was exhausted from being in the shelter for months, not being full night's sleep, and Mm -hmm. um, it became clear that you know, I mean, and our other two dogs, Zoe and Suki, our girls, loved him immediately. I mean, the first time he and Zoe met, they made out with each other. (laughs) That was now Zoe. Zoe can be a little picky with with who she loves. She's our our first canine. She's our queen here. And um, she's her tail started wagging. She ran right up to him and started kissing him. I said, and and that I was so I was so happy to see it. And then a part of me just went, Oh crap. <laughs> I just We've got three moment. dogs now. We've got three dogs. And what's so fascinating is Rudy is a McNabb which is a breed that most people have not heard of. No. McNabb, are, yeah, they're cattle herders. Mm-hmm. They look very much like Border Collies, mm-hmm. and they were a breed of dog that were created originally from a man who lived in Scotland and then moved mm-hmm. to Mendocino, California in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And our, our first dog, Zoe, is a mix of Lab and McNabb. And I only know that because somebody asked us once if she was a McNabb. And then we looked into the breed and I said, oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. I got I got kind of attached to the breed. Uh-huh. I, I got a little obsessed with the McNabb breed, which is kind of weird for me to be obsessed with a breed of dog because I'm not really breed specific. Right. But I so I joined this McNabb group on Facebook, <laughs> right? McNabb all the time. And then. And, and we had a McNabb puppy for a while, and he had to be rehomed because he needed to be mm-hmm. <laughs> he needed to be in serious dog sports, and that was mm-hmm. not something we could offer him. So, so that all unfolded last year, and that was extremely emotional for oh, us. That I'm was sure. something I shared uh, very publicly about, and something that man, I have had so many judgments, right, and so many attachments about animals and mm-hmm. the right way to be with an animal, right? right, and you should never, ever rehome an animal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how could somebody <laughs> give away their, right? This is one of the ways I work, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'll have attachments and attachments, and then, you know, a few months later, a year or two, whatever, I'm right in that situation, mm-hmm. right on the other side of it going, well, crap that's how we work too yes and and that facilitates that transmutation of deeper trauma right and Mm -hmm. i release get to have that aha moment and that opens me up to be more compassionate and Mm -hmm. unconditionally loving and more available so finally right i get my mcnab in rudy rudy is this (laughs) dog and and then i i I realize oh he's been he's been my dog before Uh in another life and in that life, he was a McNabb. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. duh. And I recalled that very early in our relationship, John and 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 my relationship, John is a Reiki master. When I, when I met John, he was a Reiki master, and I was already professional channel reader. And, you know, so together we just really helped each other mm-hmm. expand out in our consciousness, right? He kind of facilitated in me a deeper understanding of Reiki Mm -hmm. and hands-on healing. And I facilitated in him a greater understanding of his connection with his guides and his ability to verbally channel. So he did a Reiki session on me very early in our relationship. And it was more just from like, 
he just kind of wanted to show me what Reiki was, but I had this really intense past life memory of being in Scotland mm-hmm. and being the healer in the community. And then there was a change in um, power in the community. And I was dragged that my initial memory was, you know, as John was working on my third eye, the first thing that I remembered was being dragged through the streets of my village by my long red hair and then imprisoned, tortured, raped, and eventually burned. And as Rudy has come into my life, this McNabb, I realized, oh, he was my dog in that life. Mm. He was the McNabb that, that I knew back then. And so having him back with me now is I, I even remember what I called him in that life. I called him sir, which I think was a nickname for him. I mean, I know it was because he's very proper and he's still, he's the most polite dog I've ever met. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, you bring up a real interesting um, aspect of Reiki because we did, we want to ask you about that. You know, were you already a Reiki practitioner when you and John got together? No, I was, I was. How did that come about with you getting into, did that stem from your relationship with John? Yeah, it was, it was twofold. I was, as soon as I started uh, channeling, so, you know, I, I established conscious direct contact with my spirit guide, Mirando, in November of 1996. It was at a period in my life when I was, very depressed, very lost, and really in need of help, love, guidance, and support. I was hanging out with a friend of mine in her apartment. She had invited me over and made me dinner. I remember she was, she's vegetarian. I think she's vegan now. She made me a vegetarian <laughs> meal at the time, and it was like steamed broccoli with the most amazing peanut sauce <laughs> ever. I love food. And, um, me too. I remember it so clearly in part because I really needed somebody to take care of me. You know, I was mm-hmm. in such bad state. And so for her to invite me over and cook me food was so incredibly healing. And then she shared with me that she'd met this woman and, and we were all waitressing at the time. And Amy and I met at Victoria's Secret, right? That's, <laughs> that's what Amy and I originally met when I was 22 years old or 23, something like that. I started working at Victoria's Secret as my third job during that period of time, right? I had three jobs during, uh, I mean, all at the same time. I was doing children's theater, uh, three paying jobs, children's theater, waitressing, worked at Victoria's Secret. Then I also was acting professionally in the evening, but I never got paid for for that work, right? Mm -hmm. So that wasn't paying work at that time. And then I had my own theater company for a while uh, where I was directing and producing also not paying that that was those were programs I was paying for right <laughs> right it's so challenging to work in that creative industry so mm-hmm. I met Amy at Victoria's Secret we had an immediate connection I think it's hilarious that I would meet one of my soulmates working at Victoria's Secret right <laughs> for all of you listening like whatever that makes you think about me ignore the channel that you know yes I worked at Victoria's Secret <laughs> I love that <laughs> I do <laughs> So Amy, Amy and I were both reading tarot cards and into crystals. You know, we'd done that. I, I'd been into tarot, uh, you know, since I was like 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's when tarot started for me. And prior to that, I'd had psychic experiences and intuitive flashes. And I already had a strong belief in reincarnation. I remember I saw 
the Albert Brooks movie, Defending, Defending Your Life. It's a classic. Uh, we quote it all the time. Yeah, I saw it when I was 18 years old. That's when it came out. I think it was 1985. And I remember sitting in the theater with my very best friend who lived next door to me, right, watching my belief system unfold on the screen in front of me. Right. Yes. The past life pavilion. Right? Amazed that it was there encapsulated for me because it was all in my head up until that point. Mm. I didn't really share that belief system with my family or my friends you know and there it was and I walked out saying wow that's what I believe and my friend was just like what what could you explain that movie to me (laughs) wow yeah so Amy made me dinner in November of 1996 and then shared with me that at her waitressing job so we worked at different restaurants, but for the same corporation, right? Mm. Which is also hilarious. She met this woman named Wendy Kennedy, who mm. was channeling her spirit guide. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's the thing I'm supposed to be doing. As soon as she said it, channeling her spirit guide, I'm like, that's the thing I've been looking that's for. It, that's it. That's it. <laughs> So I said, well, how do you, you know, like, what is that like? How do you do it? You know, and Amy said, well, I've been trying to do it and I've been getting some information, but it feels kind of garbled. I'm like, let's just do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So we both just closed our eyes and and both breathed and like almost immediately I was in such a vulnerable state in that moment. And, you know, when you both were speaking about my willingness to put myself out there and my vulnerability you know, it's vulnerability that's needed to, and availability that's mm-hmm. needed to channel, to connect, to do healing work, to do mm-hmm. all of it. The, the more vulnerable we are, the farther we can go, both in our earthly experiences and then our otherworldly experiences as well. And I didn't know that at the time. My life circumstances forced a vulnerability upon me based on traumatic childhood and a need for healing at a young age. You know, as mm-hmm. I took that path. I could have shut down and done drugs and mm-hmm. become an alcoholic and done other things. I didn't. I don't know why that is. I don't. I didn't. My family is filled with alcoholics, so I easily could have taken that path, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that was that guidance. I think that's the answer to that as I'm asking that question out loud now, right? <laughs> well, and, I'm, and I'm hearing you also speak to having this inner knowing since you were a child. This, 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 this knowing of, and, and longing for that connection in that, in that higher way. And so, of course, you know, you came into the world with that, um, framework. I mean, I, I truly believe we, we're, we're coming in here with a certain level of skill sets and whether we Mm -hmm. remember that and access for that. And sometimes it takes people a little bit longer to get to that or not, but, it, it definitely seems from just my own personal life experience mm-hmm. also, you know, and I'm going to speak for both of us because we're mm-hmm. both like that, having no, that knowing, that inner knowing from the beginning of being aware of being a human being here on earth as a, a very young child. And yet that being this strong, compelling force that we don't necessarily see and sometimes we're not feeling that in those moments of trauma and, and having these difficult passages in our life and yet it is this one thing that steers us and guides us and keeps us 
we both could, all three of us could easily say I could have ended up with an addiction Mm -hmm. with, with all kinds of, Mm -hmm. of ways of trying to self-medicate and numb myself out. And, and we can see from our own experience of working with clients and people in our own lives of how, um, that, that gravity to the addiction component to the self-medicating component, um, not everybody is going to escape that people are going to get into that. And so it is always a miracle that we, we don't, but I also think you've got clearly, you've got a, you've had a mission here from day one. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 You're at this point, you're in the apartment with Amy, you're having this, you're having this epiphanal moment of this knowing, and we're going to do this. And that's when this began. The channeling aspect. Okay. Yes, that's when the direct, that's when direct conscious contact happened for me. I, so we, we were both sitting there and we both just started breathing and, you know, I felt this, I just felt this being link up with me, which is funny that I would say it that way because really what happened there was I just put my attention on a being who had always been linked up with me, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But in the moment it felt like he was linking up with me and immediately I saw and felt this yellow light that I am just associated with his energy and felt him to be male and knew his name started with an M, which that's a lot for anybody who's listening to this right now. Right. (laughs) Yes. That is a lot in a first time experience. And, and, but most importantly, what I felt was this transmission of unconditional love mm-hmm. that was unlike anything I had ever experienced as Nora before in my life. Mm-hmm. It was an experience of being loved, completely accepted, completely encased in a warmth and a light and a sense and knowing that everything was okay and that I was completely okay and loved exactly as I was. And then it ended. And then Amy was having her own experience, right? So Amy was doing, so I know as well that Amy and I both had a very easy time connecting with our guides Mm -hmm. that night because she and I were both doing it at the same time, supporting each other's experience, Mm -hmm. magnifying the energy that we needed to run to establish that conscious contact, which in 1996 was a lot more difficult to do than it is today. Oh, hell mm-hmm. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and for people, you know, we, we, Melissa and I talk about that sometimes because I remember, <laughs> we both remember, because um, it sounds like we're all kind of in the same age bracket here. And in that time from the 80s into the 90s and the vibrational frequency of, everything in general being so much denser and and yet for everybody that was going through that and creating the path in I would say enhancing amplifying the path by doing the work themselves yes and and that created and opened up more doorways that's why this this area has continued to grow exponentially uh since that time but yes we can we 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 can definitely give your uh account there an amen on that Mm -hmm. because yes that's that's, that was hard yeah i think it was the you know or i know it was the harmonic convergence in 1987 Mm -hmm. that really facilitated and triggered the exponential awakening on planet earth yes 
So I had this, you know, amazing, Amy and I both had these experiences, right? They both were very short lived. I think it, it lasted for not, maybe not even a minute. Right. But it was so profound and life altering. And then the, um, her TV, the tube on her TV exploded. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we both, and, and, you know, I've had other experiences like that along the way. They're, they're very few oh. and far between, right? And they always happen to let me know, yes, mm-hmm. Nora, that really just happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because our third dimensional minds immediately want to start to doubt and question and cancel it out. And that's what the 3D mind is set up to do. It's set up to filter out extra dimensional experiences to keep us in the 3D program, especially again, back in 1996. But what also happened for me, this is I'm answering your Reiki question here. Mm -hmm. So what happened for me in that moment was it was like what a lot of people who have had near death experiences describe. I walked into Amy's apartment feeling like crap and depressed and hopeless and disconnected. And I walked out completely altered, gave, began to give myself uh, access to all my past life memories. All of my records uh, would run energy through my body and facilitate the healing in, you know, all the people I was working with at the restaurant. Oh, you have a stomachache here. I'll, I'll change that for you. you have a you have a headache here. I'll I'll help you with that. I remember a friend of mine hit his head really hard one night at the restaurant. I just put my hand on his head, and he was it was he was fine, completely fine. So when John and I met, that was my experience of Reiki. I didn't have a formalized mm-hmm. uh, attunement mm-hmm. or training, but I was already doing it. So mm-hmm. John. Mm-hmm. I think on our, our second date, John did my Reiki one attunement, right? Because he was a Reiki master at that time. He'd mm-hmm. already been doing Reiki classes. So he's he was like, you want a Reiki one attunement? I'm like, okay, sure, right? That's like our <laughs> – so funny. Right? I mean, that could so be like a spiritual sitcom, right? Second date, <laughs> add on a Reiki master. <laughs> it's so corny. Okay. <laughs> and then um, he constructed a Reiki two class. I had – uh, you know, people who wanted to study Reiki. So we created a class for them and I got, I did that class as a student. And then I did a Reiki three class as a student with him. And then he and I went on to teach Reiki to people all over Chicago and in Northern California for years, we did Reiki classes together and, and uh, attuned people up to Reiki master level for years, John and I. So that is the, wow. Uh, answer to that question about beautiful I mean it's funny because in your experience you were channeling first and then you know became involved with Reiki and became a Reiki master and in our experience that was sort of our doorway to channeling information which was kind of a surprise for us it certainly isn't something that we were seeking but you know how Reiki is (laughs) you never know what's going to happen with Reiki, you know. It's such a beautiful, um, magical, indescribable, unique experience, you know, for everybody and including the people that are are doing Reiki. So um, it's just, that's really cool. Did you find that the Reiki, how did, how did that impact your channeling? Did you find that it made it more, I don't know, 
uh, I would say from my personal experience, it definitely accelerated that and amplified it and it made it a lot more effortless. Um, it did. Yes, okay. it did. It did all of that. And it also caused me to expand my identity and begin to own the aspect of myself that operates as a healer. And that mm. altered the readings I was doing. My readings started to become more healing based mm -hmm. and more guidance oriented. So even though I was still, I was reading tarot and being a psychic, right? That healing component and, and I can't get away from that anyway, I, I, even from the beginning. That's just always something that's fascinated mm -hmm. me. I'm very fascinated by the human psyche and psychology, mm -hmm. you know, and the way we operate as humans along with Reiki and channeling. And mm -hmm. so so it just was kind of a natural fit for me to own that and say, oh, look, I can really – facilitate someone else's healing process and I and I constantly phrase it that way mm -hmm. because no none of us can heal mm -hmm. anyone else right we're it's all true. our own right we're all our own healers and all we all we do is reiki healers in quotation marks mm -hmm. is facilitate someone else's healing process by providing that additional love energy mm -hmm. support guidance mm -hmm. the reflection for them right mm -hmm. right um you know, and you, I'm sure you get this even, you know, a hundredfold more than we do, but that's a really ingrained paradigm of that idea of wanting someone to fix yeah. me, yeah. wanting somebody to come in and magically take away all of my shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> just really, yeah, like, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't, wouldn't that, it be? But it right. wouldn't. That's, right. And that is not what we incarnated no, to do. No, 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 not at all. And and we have always taken that approach just within our practice, but with all of that, the aspects. And I, I, I think a lot of that is, of course, internally guided knowingness of knowing that you're accountable and responsible. You're creating your reality. So everything comes, your healing is, is your, that's on you to, to, to do that. And we, as facilitators, like you said, and we're holding the space for that and, and yes. just kind of shining a light, you know, just we all... We've all had that where something, someone, a being, uh, an epiphany comes in and shines a light on our path and illuminates it enough for us to make it on down and, and you know, uh, go forward. Getting into a discussion about your channeling, how do you describe yourself as a channeler uh, as far as the type of channeling that you're doing? So I would term what I call conscious channeling, meaning... Nora, I am extremely present, awake, and aware while the channeling is happening. I think when I started channeling, I would have called it more semi-conscious channeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a bigger gap. So when I started direct voice channeling, I would kind of hear it in my head, nod along with it, and then give it in Pleiadian voice, Miranda voice, Yeshua voice, whoever I was connecting with, but there was this gap. Now it's very immediate in the moment, seems to come directly through me, but that's not really even the truth of how it's happening. How I experience it is I receive these massive downloads of information and really massive downloads of energy, right? They're not mm -hmm. talking to me in words and they're not really giving me 
ideas. They are giving me these, and all of us, because we are all open to these downloads, right? Mm -hmm. So every single one of you listening, you have been downloaded at some point in time (laughs) and probably many times throughout Mm -hmm. this incarnation by the guides you work with, the angelics you work with, the ETs you might work with, the fairies, whoever it is you're working with, right? So I received this massive download of information. So let's say I have, uh, let's, so I have a summer solstice event coming up, right? That's going to be a big channeling event that I'm doing. So already I'm starting to receive, I've already received the download for that event. So what will happen between the, the time I receive the download, which is ongoing, right? It's not like it just all comes in in one moment, like a package being delivered at my door, right? Uh-huh. Knock, knock, knock. Here you go. It's- download from the Pleiadians. Okay. <laughs> Is this constant stream of energy and information and, and light and vibration and sound and frequency and tone and love coming in that so then I, throughout the day, right, I'll just be doing my normal day, right? I'm in the shower and then suddenly I just start thinking like, oh, yeah, wow, wow the massive clearing process happening right now. You know, I think I should clean out the pantry, right? I'm looking at my mm-hmm. pantry today. Oh, yeah, I really need. And, you know, I start thinking about cleaning out the house. And so I suddenly feel like this intense drive, right, to clean my, to just get rid of as much shit as I possibly can <laughs> my entire home. And then I start to realize, oh, that's pe- that's piece of this download mm. that I've received, like major clearing to mm. facilitate summer solstice transmission coming in. So to all of you listening, whatever you can do right now to clear physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, your space, your life, if it is not serving you, if it is not a vibrational match for you right now, love it and let it go or let it be at least whatever you can. Um, My sense of this download coming in on the solstice, this transmission that collectively we're going to receive is it's going to be another major accelerant uh, Mm. for all of humanity. And, you know, if we look at what's happening in our geopolitical spectrum right now, uh, that's not surprising to hear that, right? Right. I would like to say just for everyone listening and draw attention once again to the fact that if you go on Nora's website, you can be a part of or you can listen later to the monthly transmissions. And you have been doing that for years. And it is so helpful to have these regular updates because you are giving your perspective Um, these higher dimensional perspectives on what is going on from the self all the way to the global and galactic perspective. And I think that 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 is just such an incredible gift that you're giving to humanity. And I would like to personally just thank you. We are so grateful to you for doing that because I think people need to hear those other perspectives and they need to be reassured that everything is as it should be right now. I mean, we know that there is a lot going on in the geopolitical arena that are freaking people out. I mean, when the election happened, we were getting calls, people were coming out of the woodwork we hadn't seen in years. People were in such a state of, of shock and fear and unsettledness. And you're one of you're out there 
addressing these geopolitical uh, issues and how they impact us individually, but on the collective level. And that is, again, another you know, gift that you're giving of being able to have some context. And shining a light on the fact that the way that we deal with that is to, to, to look at the triggers and just focus in on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all we can do. That's all we're responsible for is looking into our own shadow side of, of saying, you know, following the triggers. Why is this triggering me? And ultimately, you know, sending these traumatized parts of ourselves love thank you yes (laughs) i feel um i feel really uh fortunate to that i get to do this Mm -hmm. you know i feel really fortunate that i i get to channel uh and provide that perspective and you know i remember when when this last election really started unfolding back in 2015 mm-hmm. during the um, during the primaries, right? Mm-hmm. When Bernie Sanders announced he was running, I, I'd been listening to Bernie Sanders for years and listening to Bernie mm-hmm. um, talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a desire for a, a more collectively created reality where there's a a collective and more equal distribution of energy and power and access. And, and for years I, I thought, you know, like Bernie, come on, run for president. Why aren't you running for president? Right. (laughs) That was what I would say. I would yell at him (laughs) from my, wherever I was living at the time. And then when Bernie announced he was running for president, I, my immediate response was, I'm going to, I'm going to work on his campaign. And then my second response was, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm a spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. I can't get involved in politics, right? Mm-hmm. There's conflict there. And then my next response was, plus, they're not going to want a Pleiadian channel <laughs> working on Bernie's campaign, right? They don't want some crazy nut job channel. <laughs> a voice for Bernie Sanders. You can fill in whoever you want here, right? I'm just using Bernie. Right. And and then, so I had to really look at all this and explore this, but I still felt, I really felt this underlying drive to jump in and support his candidacy, partly because I love him, but more importantly because the ideas he was putting into collective consciousness are my ideas. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in large part, there may be yeah. a few things I'm not completely in alignment with, but there's so much of it that yeah. talks about unconditional love and, mm-hmm. you know, all of it. I mean, there's so much. So, you know, I did. And and one of the things that I really came to understand is, oh, we used to be able to run a compartmentalized version of reality here mm-hmm. on planet where we would take on these roles, right? Spiritual leader or politician, and you are a spiritual leader and you are a politician and you are not the same. You are mm-hmm. different. And we're transcending that. Mm-hmm. We are one. Absolutely. And every moment is spiritual. Every moment is political. Every mm-hmm. moment is environmental. Every moment is male. Every moment is female. It's all everything. We are everything all everything is intersectional, right? Yes. It's all intersectional. Yes. 
So that you know that became that became a full time job for me for a while supporting Bernie's candidacy. Mm-hmm. Not a job I was not paid for uh, monetarily, but a job that I was paid for in many many ways, energetically and emotionally, and the beings that I met and connected with, and the work that I did. I I. I'm still so incredibly excited that I got to be a part of that. And I, I see all of those ideas that mm-hmm. were, were held and supported during his campaign in the primary. Those ideas are still in the collective consciousness leading yeah, to take shape and form in physical density. And that is how you know, we work in physical density. We're not yet immediately manifesting. Mm-hmm. It's not really a surprise to me that we don't have not yet physically manifested those ideas that mm-hmm. we're seeking because there is this time lag still in 3D density. And one of the things we've got to deal with right now is our collective shadow. Mm-hmm. So right. we've got that government right now mm-hmm. saying, here it is, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your ugliness, your mm-hmm. racism, your mm-hmm. misogyny, your sexism, your mm-hmm. separation, your isolation, your loneliness. We're going to reflect it all back to you. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, greetings, Marilyn and <laughs> Melissa. This is the Pleiadian Collective. It is wonderful to have the opportunity to connect with you beautiful beautiful universal beings of light and love and all of you who are linking up with this transmission and this conversation we just wanted to jump in here and really support this this piece and offer a little bit more understanding as well as to some of the things that are happening right now because you are in a moment of change like no other moment of change you've ever experienced in any incarnation ever. You have never had the experience of integrating a fifth dimensional consciousness into a third dimensional vehicle. You have ascended from 3D to 5D consciousness in the past. But that's not really what's happening here. We used that term ascension to initially help you all go up and out and seek that higher information and have the understanding of yourselves as higher beings. What's happening now is an ascension experience within the physical body, within physical density, which is a reorganization of your entire energetic cellular, emotional, mental structure from the inside out. And to facilitate this process, what's needed is the transmutation of any and all untransmuted trauma from either this lifetime or any other lifetime you've ever experienced in 3D density. This is what your current geopolitical experience is offering you. Any moment that you're triggered, anything you react to, anything you see playing out in front of you that really grabs your attention is doing so in part because there is a piece of you sitting on a timeline somewhere feeling trauma Mm -hmm. that relates to whatever is playing out. And that trauma can be either from being the victim or the perpetrator or the perpetrator. This piece is so huge for you all because it's been so easy for you all to access uh, your 
memories of other lifetimes when you were victims. It's much more challenging for you to access or even perceive yourself in another lifetime as a perpetrator, perpetrator similar to, let's say, like someone like a Nazi, right? Mm-hmm. Or a Hitler or uh, any of the other beings. Yeah, yes, right? It's very, yes, exactly. It's very hard for you to access those kinds of memories because of the guilt and shame that you have attached to those lifetimes. So those are the traumas that are even more challenging to transmute. And that's why you're seeing right now on your geopolitical stage in that theater, more of these kinds of abuses of power because you're trying to access those abuses of power in your own records and transmute the trauma you're holding from those lifetime experiences. What can help you all with this is the recognition and the understanding that a power abuser is created due to trauma, always. Mm -hmm. They never start as the middle-aged being in a white male body creating a mess. That is not where that cycle of incarnation starts. you got to track back on the timeline and find the traumatized little boy that didn't receive the unconditional love he needed that for one reason or another did not choose the path of healing Mm -hmm. at a young age that instead let that trauma distort his yang energy, repress his yin energy, creating in him then the power abuser you now see in front of you, right? So when you start to access your own lifetimes and remember yourselves as power abusers, every single one of you and when you start to recognize in this lifetime the many, many ways you are all a power power abusers. Like, let's cut to it, right? You are yes. all using power on a regular basis, every single one of you. Sure, you're not presidents and you're not running governments and you're not the head of a military, right? But you've got your own life, your own home. And in every day, every single one of you crosses that line in some way shape or form whether it be through a thought an idea feeling an action whatever it is words whatever right so you start to look at those small transgressions Mm -hmm. which you would call transgressions or abuses of power and immediately what will happen when you do that in your now moment is you'll want to go into guilt and shame right because you always know when you're being an asshole in the moment right totally immediately Right? Your body just tenses up and you have that sensation of shit, I did it all right. And then you have one of two options in that moment. You you can shut down, go into shame and guilt, which exacerbates the power mm-hmm. abusing moment. It typically makes you a bigger power abuser in that moment, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. then you want to prove to yourself that you're right, that you didn't do anything wrong, right? right. Or you can take a breath, recognize that what's happening in the moment is happening because you've got earlier trauma you've not yet transmuted. Mm-hmm. That, that trauma got triggered inside of you. And activate unconditional love for yourself and hold more compassion for yourself. And there's a process that we've been offering to you all on planet Earth to facilitate this transmutation of trauma. And the acronym for it is FOAL, F-O-A-L. And the process goes like this. So first, you let yourself feel exactly whatever emotion it is you're feeling in the moment and identify it, right? Wow, look at that. I said that shitty thing because I'm feeling sad 
angry, rejected, hurt, abandoned, whatever, right? You identify it and then you let yourself feel it. Feel your feelings without judgment. Second step then is to observe. Observe yourself in the moment of feeling what it is you're feeling. When you activate your observational abilities, you are bringing your fifth dimensional consciousness online. So your 3D self is feeling all the hurt and all the wounds. Your 5D self comes online in that moment consciously. Your 3D self then becomes aware of your 5D self from within. So you're not observing from above. You're observing from within. That observational moment happens within the heart center. So you're observing. And as that occurs, you'll start to feel just a bit of a lessening of the intensity of the emotion, which then allows you to go into self-acceptance, right? That's the A in full. So there's feel observe and then accept then you just accept yourself exactly as you are in the shitty thing you just said in the shitty way you feel I accept myself right now as I am which then allows for an automatic activation of unconditional love the L piece in full that runs from within and then that unconditional love makes its way to any version of you in any moment of time and space that needs that transmission of love because when you're triggered in the moment, it's not just this lifetime experience that you're operating from. It is every lifetime you have ever had, are having, will have, and really are having because it's all concurrent, mm-hmm. right? So right. all right. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. There's one other thing we want to share with you and then we'll give you back to Nora. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you're also in the process of transmitting trauma in the collective right the collective consciousness is doing the same events Mm -hmm. and the things that the collective consciousness are working on transmuting right now those traumas are things like the destruction of the first earth the fall of atlantis the fall of lemuria pompeii Uh, the wiping out of all pagan religions by Christianity or the quote-unquote burning of the witches, right? You're working on these, oh, the Holocaust, these massive, uh, so many other, right, genocides Mm and so many, and uh, on this world and off world, right? Anything that happened during the Orion Wars, any other kind of war, the original taking apart of the living library on planet Earth, the disassembling of the original fully expressed sovereign human into this dumbed down enslaved version of human that you've all had to deal with for so long. All of this is being worked out collectively as well. And your leaders are really helping you with this. (laughs) (laughs) They are right. (laughs) Okay. It's Nora. I'm back. I mean, I go anywhere. I'm just talking. Right here. So here's how it works for me. It's like, there's, there's, me and then all the beings, right? So Nora's in the front of my body right now, mm-hmm. and I just kind of shove the Pleiadians to the back, right? <laughs> in the back now, but, you know, and Kaliandra's there, and Yeshua's there. But it's interesting. My work with the Pleiadians is very different than my work with any of the other beings, mm-hmm. uh, except for me, except for, for Kaliandra, I'll say. So my work with the Pleiadians and Kaliandra is, is specific because I have genetic information in my body that is Pleiadian, that is 
Mary in origin. So because I have the genetic components, when I channel the Pleiadians, I am also channeling the aspect of myself that is Pleiadian, that knows mm-hmm. herself to be Pleiadian. When I channel Kaliandra, the fairy, that's the same. I'm also working with my own fairy identity. You know, and that's true as well for Yeshua. Although with the Yeshua Collective, I don't feel a genetic component for me. That's more energetic. Mm-hmm. Even with the Larens and Lemurians, who I know there is that genetic piece in me that still feels a little more distant than the mm-hmm. Pleiadians, which is very present. Now, part of the reason I have such an intense connection with the Pleiadians is because when I was, oh, three or four years old, I don't. I don't remember the exact age. Um, I was I was getting ready. My mom was getting me and my baby sister ready. We were going to walk down to the neighbor's house at the end of the block. And my mom was changing my sister. And I remember very clearly a being who was in my mother's body, looked exactly like my mother, saying to me, you know, why don't you go on ahead and we'll catch up with you, right? <laughs> clearly, my mother did not say those things, but I remember it clear as day, mm-hmm. crystal clear, that a being in my mother's body said those things to me. So I walked out the front door and I disappeared for a period of time. And I was later found uh, in a neighbor's backyard and nobody knew where I had been. My mother was completely freaked out and wow. I was really upset and I have no memory of what happened, none. And my mother was super upset and I was upset because, you know, I kept insisting that she had told me to go on ahead and she was really mad with me and I was mad at me and I was really upset that she was mad at me at the time. Now, I believe what happened or I know what happened, what I've kind of cobbled together, although I don't have direct memory of it still, but the information I've gotten is that I had a meeting with the Pleiadians and some of my genetic information was either switched on, altered, I had some kind of DNA adjustment occur at that time, which is one of the reasons why I feel the the Pleiadian energy as a physical, visceral sensation in my body. Mm. Wow. I'm, I'm, um, I'm marveling at your, your story of being that young and having that experience and, um, having a very, for me personally, a very similar and yet very different, but the elements are the same of knowing that you're, have had this experience, even though you don't have any actual direct recollection of what's happening in that time span, right? From the time that you left your house until they found you in the backyard and, um, coming online, if you will, and, and having that, would you call that an activation, um, of, of being switched on with this genetic material? Okay. Did you feel different from that? Not that I recall. Not mm-hmm. that I remember at all. No, I was, I was just really upset that I was in trouble. That's right. all I remember. Well, it was an injustice because you didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's what I would and be. What's crazy is my sister, who was very young at the time, like maybe a year old. She remembers it. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. She remembers how mm-hmm. upset I was. Wow. And she remembers I was so upset because. Up until about the age of five, I did not understand the concept of lying. After the age of five, I got it, right? And I used it. But up until the age of five, I did not understand it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't understand. I couldn't comprehend it. Do you feel you have Pleiadian connections within your own biological family? Yes. 
that feels to the Pleiadian lines feel more on my father's side, my father's genetic information and the fairy connections feel more to me on my mother's side, my maternal lines. When did you come on uh, with the connection with the fairies and with Caliandra? When did this um, awareness and embracing this and, and being able to channel her come 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 online? Yeah, Caliandra showed up for me consciously in 2010. Okay, I was I was getting ready to do a radio interview, and that, so I was just hanging out, right? And I was I think on Facebook or something, and and I felt this being link up with me. And felt totally new and different. And right away, I was like, oh, my God, this is very awesome. <laughs> Yay. Right. And I had worked with Brian Froud and Jessica. McMahon, oh, my God. Get out. Tool, the fairies oracle for year, years. Right. I love the fairies oracle. It's so good. Right. And I know Jessica now. I have. Wow. Facebook's amazing. Right. Facebook has connected me with some of wow. my heroes. Wow. You know, and beings who created content that I benefited from mm -hmm. now I get to interact with it's so cool right so I worked with the fairies oracle for years I'd had contact with fairies you know the sparkly lights and mm -hmm. you know my keys going missing mm -hmm. and then other stuff happens and then I find my keys when the time is right because I did the other thing I needed to do right, right, right. like fairies are famous for that like no no oh, yeah. yeah and taking right. your shoes yeah 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 little yeah. all the yeah. time yeah. But this being showed up, Caliandra showed up and I, and you know, I didn't know her name. I just knew she was fairy and I'm like, okay, cool. Fairy, what's your name? And I got the name Kaliana and I thought, okay, Kaliana, great. And then I worked with it a little bit. I'm like, no, Kaliandra got it. Right. She's Kaliandra. And then I had to go outside and stand barefoot on the ground because uh -huh. uh, my, I was like completely out of my body. And uh -huh. as I was trying to work with her energy and translate right she has such an in like just bubbly intoxicating energy i love it when she comes through you she yes. is just a it's just a beautiful oh my gosh just so much energy what does that feel like to you it's, like you know it it Kaliandra is is way more challenging for me to channel mm. than the pleiadians are Right. The Pleiadians is a very grounded experience of channeling where I just can go forever with their energy and and it's very smooth with Kaliandra, um, partly because her vibration is closer to ours. Right. Okay. They're closer. It's in... almost like channeling another earthling. Mm -hmm. Right. Trying to have telepathic connection like if i tried to have telepathic connection here with marilyn and channel all of marilyn's thoughts that would be a lot harder for me mm -hmm. than it is for me to channel 12th dimensional pleiadians right so that's why when Caliandra shows up it's often briefer because that's just the amount of time i can hold that energy and be clear and then i start to get scattered mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. after i met her that that afternoon and went outside and grounded I came back to, back inside and I sat in front of my computer and I Googled the word Kaliandra because I'd not, that was not a name I had ever heard before. And the first thing that came up was that Kaliandra is a plant. It's a plant that uh, actually grows in my neighborhood, right? But I'd never paid attention to it before. And the common name for Kaliandra, one of the common names, is Fairy Duster. <laughs> right? I'm like, holy shit! It really is 
scary. I mean, it's so funny that, right? Here it is, 2010. I've been channeling already constantly for over a decade, right? And I'm still blown away by the fact that I channeled a fairy. I knew she was a fairy. And then Google was also telling me, yeah, Nora, she's she a fairy. Okay. I love that, though. It's like, it doesn't matter how long you do it. It's still, every new thing is something new and magical and wondrous, you know? Yes. amazing yes and i highly encourage those of you who are doing this kind of work to research the words you get the names mm -hmm. you get the experiences Absolutely. you have as much as you possibly can mm -hmm. because there are third dimensional pieces of information that are there to back up your experience oh we know that yeah we i'm glad you brought that point up and encourage people to do that because mm -hmm. it's um we we we've always trusted where and and followed up on any of that kind of information and only seen that further lead us along and that validation or confirmation whatever you want to call that when we get that and we're like oh my god mm -hmm. this is a real place and this was a real person or yes. whatever it is you know yes and yes. to have that with the plant and it being around you and where you live and also a part of you, you know, yes. um, that's, that's just a, a wondrous, uh, experience that confirms magic is real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, yes. it's all magic is real. These exactly. transcending yes. and, and get coming up, uh, online with these, um, with all the new energies that are, are available to us now, you know? Well, and especially with the fairies, because they are so connected with the earth. So a lot of, uh, you know, we're all speaking the same language, you know, <laughs> like yes. through uh, the natural world that we all share here. Mm -hmm. And these things can be seen in and validated in our natural world, mm -hmm. which is really amazing. Right, because that's a, another important aspect that people in all of the all of the ways that we've become disconnected um, in, in in all of those ways. One of the most disconnections that has happened has been our disconnect with the natural world of just like ha reminding people that just take your shoes off and go outside. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, connect with the with with, with our mother and and ground and understanding just what's going on on a a magnetic level, a physiological level. And yes. um, well, and just tuning into all the elemental beings. Mm -hmm. And if you just practice that, you know, if you look at that as a practice, as a daily practice, it's amazing how things just begin to unfold. And then all of a sudden the trees are talking to you and the wind is speaking to you and you're having a conversation with the entirety of mother earth you know and knowing that you're not alone and that you're supported and loved mm -hmm. truly um I, I see in in that you you like to wear a beautiful piece of labradorite yes uh, around your neck and as lithotherapists we always are curious with everybody that we talk to um, what are some of your favorite stones that you personally like working with, you know, that is a part of your yes. life? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now I'm wearing a piece of Larimar. Mm. And Larimar, yeah, right? I was right? just holding a piece of Larimar. You know, it's funny. I didn't discover Larimar until uh, 
maybe it was two years ago. Um, you know, time is fair. I can't, I can't remember if it was a year or two ago. So right? mm-hmm. get, get, come over and sit with us. <laughs> We're the same way. It's like, yeah. what was that, a year ago, two years ago? Right. But for someone who accessed her memories of Atlantis, right, from start to finish over 20 years ago, to not have Larimar come across, <laughs> right? <laughs> not even know Larimar existed until a year or two ago is on the one hand crazy, and then on the other hand, well, clearly there was some kind of divine right. unfolding around timing there mm-hmm. for me. So I'm wearing Larimar now. I wear it a lot right mm-hmm. now as I'm channeling mm-hmm. because that collective trauma from the fall of Atlantis, fall of Lemuria, the Orion Wars, all of it. I see, you know, they're all so interconnected. I see Larimar as, as a huge healer for that. Mm-hmm. I love Amethyst. I've always loved Amethyst. I am a February mm-hmm. uh, baby. So it is my birthstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had Amethyst as a little girl in some of my jewelry um, you know, as gifts. Mm-hmm. And then it's just purple's my favorite color. So oh, Amet- yeah. I have amethyst around me all the time. Um, I have this amazing um, piece of celestite mm-hmm. uh, that I have here in my office that facilitates connection mm-hmm. with the fairies and the angelics. Uh, I have a few pieces of Lemurian seed ports that are very dear to me that are always with me when I'm channeling. They're right next to me right now as I'm speaking with you both. Um, So that I guess answers, I have a lot, I mean, I have crystals, right? (laughs) And that was part of it. I mean, I don't have nearly all the crystals I used to have, right? I went through my crystal junkie phase as part of my awakening process, right? Where I had, Mm every crystal you could pot like so many tumbled stones. It was, I used to, when we lived in Chicago, John and I had this awesome apartment in Chicago. Every windowsill was lined with crystals. Oh. Every doorway had crystals on each corner. I had crystal grids uh-huh. all over the apartment. I don't do that as much any mm-hmm. longer. I just now have a few pieces that I connect with and love and use. Well, that. Good. I mean, everybody <laughs> should have the. Yeah, you know, we do. We we, of course, we have a ridiculous amount of stones in our where we have our practice and and where we operate out of here at the cottage, um, for using with clients. And then of course we have a stone library that people, our clients, can come in and check out stones and utilize them and bring them back and decide if these are stones that they want to actually add to their own personal permanent collection. But yet I've noticed for myself and I'm sure, you know, Melissa's the same way. We, we, the bags of stones that we have or the ones that we have that really gets pared down. That's like your, that's like your tight crew, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you don't need 20 people in your crew. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 You know, and we had, I um, several years ago, I kind of had an epiphany in the dream state, just working with my own. I was working with a piece of Shara White, which I love dearly. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just shown to me about how once you've connected with a stone and you know that energy, you can call on that energy without the stone even being there. You know, yes, yes, and yes. it was just yeah. such a, I was just like, oh my gosh. But you know, that's true for everything and everyone, you know, that's mm-hmm. true for plants and people and animals and higher dimensional beings and Pleiadians and, <laughs> <you know. 
Well, what you're talking about there really, Melissa, is the fifth dimensional expression of energy. Right. You know? So you're working with the fifth dimensional aspect of the Charawite there where right. you don't need the third dimensional representation of that 5D energy mm-hmm. because you've established contact and connection with the 5D vibratory rate, which lends itself to really op- beginning to operate then like a being or mm-hmm. a collective of beings or then you're with the Charawite collective of mm-hmm. <laughs> beings, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've had some of those experiences with crystals as well with, where I've I've begun to interact more with the collective consciousnesses that are manifesting themselves on our world as these physical beings that we call crystals, mm-hmm. you know, but really they're this other thing as well. Right, right. Um Okay, so you mentioned earlier, you were talking about the summer solstice um, that you're going to be doing. And let's, let's do talk about, I'd like for all of our listeners to know how they can get connected with you. Um, sure. Where they're going to, what's the best place. Of course, I'm just going to say right now, everybody needs to go to your website and sign up for your newsletter immediately because mm-hmm. it's the best way of keeping up with what you're doing, your transmissions, uh, events that you're having and everything just it's you're you're so awesome we get it regularly we love it we look forward to to seeing what's going on and everybody should and do that and hearing what's going and on. hearing what's going on <laughs> absolutely thank you and i i really um try as much as i can to include you know articles and interviews and things that are free um, for everyone to access in those newsletters. Not always. Sometimes you'll get a newsletter that's really just about all the events I have coming up and I don't just, I don't have something free to offer, but I do that as much as I possibly can. So know that for those of you who might sign up for my newsletter, you'll more often than not get a, a transcription of a channeling or an interview or something like that, along with uh, my promotions for events. Mm-hmm. My website is noraherald.com which is just my first and last name smooshed together. (laughs) Um, Which is funny, you know, when I created my website back in 2004, which was right before we moved to California. So prior to moving to California, I I really got, okay, I've got to get online. And I've got, if I'm going to leave my physical clientele base and go to the idea of working more globally by phone, I need to, to be more available. And you know, the Pleiadians and Mirando said, just use your first and last name and make yourself easy to find. So <laughs> that's what I did. It's perfect. So yes, norherald.com. The other place I, I do a lot of work on is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have two, there are two ways you can get a hold of me on Facebook. One is my personal profile. I am completely public in my personal profile. So you can send me a friend request or you can just follow me. Um, You'll get the same content. Mm -hmm. I don't ever hide anything or keep anything private on Facebook. And then I also have, I do have then a professional Facebook account, which is Nora Harold and Jonathan Wilkes spiritual channeling. And it's interesting because Jonathan in our last two big transmissions. So we do these monthly transmissions, which are me channeling, but we did a couple of uh, the spring equinox event and then one on relationships back in February and John channeled publicly in those events and those webcasts and teleconferences. And he brought through the Cassiopeians and his mm. guide Jaleel. And it was really fantastic to hear him, 
begin to give voice to what he's always been connected with. And he will probably make an appearance on the summer solstice webcast as well. So those are really, and then I have an, you can follow me on Instagram. I put up a lot of pictures of my doggies Mm -hmm. and then also some channeled quotes and Mm -hmm. Not so many pictures of me, I've noticed. So <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll put be a little more me you out step there. Up yourself uh-huh. again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, is this summer solstice event that you're doing? Is it an online event only, or are you also having something in person there in Ohio that you're doing? It is online. Okay. It is online and phone only. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's a teleconference and webcast, and although I am doing an in-person event Mm. June 9th June 9th in Los Angeles Mm. with John Burgos who is the host of Beyond the Ordinary which Uh is an awesome telesummit right I love John Burgos he and Sarah Landon another channel are co-hosting these monthly events and on June 9th Wendy Kennedy and myself will be the keynote speakers at the event Wonderful. That event is both live and in person and live streamed. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. You can go to greatawakenings.tv to okay. register directly for that, or you can go to my website. The info is also on my website. Okay. That'll link you up with that event. I'm super excited. Uh-huh, yes, I, I think I think Wendy and I will do a little tag team channeling yeah. uh, in the latter part of that event. We're going to present yes. separately, but yes, she and I have not tagged team channeled and she's been channeling a for a long years. time yes yeah wendy began channeling oh a year, a year or two before i did i think mm-hmm. she established contact with her guides you know and wendy wendy and i are very dear friends amy oh. connected us in chicago in 1996 and and amy wendy and i spent the next year and a half uh hanging out with each other multiple times a week and speaking pretty much every day wow. uh and enhancing our channeling experiences, accessing memories. Uh, The memory thing was fascinating because we were all incarnate together on Atlantis and Lemuria Mm. uh, during that period of time. And so as we began to access those records, you know, I would say, oh, I was Wendy's, right? And then I'd feel the next piece of information and Wendy would say, mother or my mother (laughs) it was like that for us it it, that clearly is something we planned prior to incarnating seriously for you guys to be able to process that stuff together yes and what's fascinating is as i was going through this radical shift in 2008 around the way i worked with clients and my direct voice channeling um amy flew out from Chicago. She still lives in the Chicago area. Wendy is in Southern California now as well. So that's part of the reason why I was guided to move to Southern California when we were living in the Redwoods was to reconnect with Wendy. We had lost contact for a period of time. So we reconnected and then Amy came out to visit and the two of them came down and stayed at the beach with us for a couple of days. And, uh, you know, as we reconnected, that was extremely supportive for me in my kind of restructuring of my work, stepping more fully into being direct voice channel mm-hmm. in a public way and started mm-hmm. doing direct voice channeling events publicly after, after that summer with uh, that summer visit with Wendy and Amy. Well, that's quite amazing that, yeah. you know, and yet again, another testament that everything comes together 
in order to facilitate this expansion mm -hmm. and coming back together with Wendy like that and, and, and having that spurn all of these other new, um, well, just uh, whole new pathways open up when that, that, that happens and we get the opportunity to do that with people and, Yes, and I, know and I get to do it again. Yes, and next week. <laughs> so exciting! That is exciting. That's I think that exciting. would be yeah. I think that would be amazing to do some some uh, co-channeling. That would be really incredibly cool. It's really fun. It's it's really um, it it the first time Wendy and I did it together. It, it happened very, you know, we had, we created an event together. We didn't quite know how it was going to go. We didn't, you know, I don't get like a lot of prep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I get download and I have these random thoughts and ideas and, you know, I'll come into a session knowing for sure I'm going to talk about maybe one or two things. Right. Mm -hmm. So Wendy and I didn't really know the first time we channeled together publicly, how it was going to go. And suddenly we found ourselves playing this game of hot potato, literally, where I would say, you know, I would talk and then I would take a breath. She would start and it was just back and forth for a little. It was super fun. Yeah. Wow. So. It's like playing music, you know, I mean, yeah. it's having that kind of back and forth like mm -hmm. that. It's truly a magical experience, I'm sure, to be in it and to hear it, you know, to be in yeah, the, this is the, the Pleiadians. This is the Pleiadians here. You know, it's collaboration is key right now mm -hmm. in your integration and reascension experience and one of the things that you've got to eliminate to be able to clearly collaborate is competition so for nora and wendy as both well-known pleiadian channels to collaborate in this way without running any of that competitive energy they're holding that model and that vibratory rate for everyone to kind of say oh look they're enhancing each other. They both mm -hmm. sort of do the same thing, pretty much do the same thing. Well, they, they don't really do the same thing, right? But they're both known as Pleiadian channels, and that's enhanced their experiences as channels mm -hmm. and their popularity and their connections and contacts and audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, and this is the time for all of us to be collaborating and co-creating and having these endeavors together. Truly, this mm -hmm. is Nora, truly. Yes, mm -hmm. like with you, beautiful, beautiful beings today. Well, it's you've been a gift. Yes. Uh, this, this, this conversation today has been a gift. And not to mention, I know, we, we, we give a lot of adulation, uh, and it, it can feel, I'm sure, maybe a little, uh, maybe too much, but it's coming from our hearts and a place of acknowledging all of the uh, challenging paths that you've had to take as a human being here on this planet uh, to be at this point, to be a facilitator, to be a teacher, a guide, um, all of these terms that get bantered about, the way shower, whatever you want to call those things. Well, and it comes from a place, a deep place of being spiritually awake and aware our whole lives at a time when that was rather challenging you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and knowing that there were beautiful people like you and so many other people that we get to speak to who have been boots on the ground mm -hmm. doing the work you know we look at your work and and everything that you've done and every decision that you've made to assist the collective as why we're here in this moment right now right and we feel every bit of that feeling no. the totality of it. So 
thank you. We just have such Nora, gratitude. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking time out of uh, uh, your day to day and, and visiting with us yes. and, and having this gift for everybody that listens to this podcast and that will be listening to this podcast because, you know, we absolutely adore you. We do with all of our hearts. Thank you, Marilyn and Melissa, both of you so, so much for having me on and sharing my work and my light and my story. And it's been, I've had a really, really fun time today um, as Nora, you know, and I, I want to, <laughs> well, I want to highlight that because more often than not, when I'm doing an interview, I'm primarily channeling and then there's a little bit of Nora. And this is the first interview I've done in a long, long time where it's been mostly Nora. Yeah. <laughs> and I really That's had a lot of fun. Yes, I, I know that. I got mm-hmm. that when you when you invited me. Um, I could feel that in your invitation. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to go on and be Nora. And I think that that's one of the things I've been working on is in my work is there's there's I can feel a new path opening mm-hmm. up. Um, because channeling, which is fantastic and I love it and it's amazing. It's also kind of this niche thing, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel a bit limited in my scope because I'm a channel Mm -hmm. as far as the numbers of people I could be connecting with and reaching in this information and message about self-acceptance, unconditional love, you know, Mm -hmm. these very kind of simple basic tenets yeah. and ways of living um so i'm opening to that as well and i can't imagine ever letting go of identifying as a channel right or letting go mm-hmm. of sharing that piece but finding a balance between being nora mm-hmm. and channeling as opposed to predominantly channeling is is one of my intentions right now so mm-hmm. i really appreciate you all um creating that opportunity for me. Thank you. And thank you both so much for your beautiful work in your service to humanity, both in the, this, these podcasts, you know, but also in just the amazing healing work that you do. And then also in the way that you are both living your light um, and your shadows, you know, and that's part mm-hmm. of it, right? Living right. our light, our shadows. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you talk about, my service to humanity and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's just Nora needing to freaking survive. Right. Where I'm like, ah, I better create another event so I can pay my rent next month. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. But, but that's why we, I mean, that's why we, we wanted to talk to Nora and why we love Nora is because you, you have, have lived this life where you have gotten to take all of this higher dimensional wisdom and perspective and integrate it into your human experience because what would it even be worth if if you didn't get to do that you know I mean that's the whole point of it and and at the end of the day we have to walk our talk you know (laughs) we got to live the way we're talking about these things and not compartment the day the age of compartmentalization is well we got to own our shit exactly I mean you know Marilyn (laughs) you know we come into the office and it's like oh my god you're not even gonna believe the fight that I just got into (laughs) and you know I just was so triggered and I cannot even believe I was jumping up and down like an insane person Mm -hmm. and you know and then we get to talk about it and laugh about it and love ourselves and be like well that and accept it and and (laughs) and be grateful for the shadow always always yes yes Yes. 
You also need a spiritual BFF that makes you laugh hysterically about all of it too. That's know? really important. Totally. <laughs> I, I, I find that to be absolutely true. You know, that to have that other people in my life who share the same language and have that understanding. And it's one of the strengths in my relationship with John is that we have the same vocabulary and the same vibrational rate of frequency and the same mm -hmm. understanding. And it's for those of you tuning in, it's so important that you seek that out in other humans. You know, and I want to say one other thing. I think that there's, I think that sometimes people project onto me this, um, identity of fearlessness. I am not fearless. Mm -hmm. I am filled with fear at times, right? I, I have done things in this life again and again and continue to do them in the moment that really scare me. Moved to California with no money, moved to Southern California with no money, uh, announced myself as a professional psychic, right? All of, on and on, be an actress, like again and again and again, I have done the things that I really wanted to do, even as I was afraid to do them. Mm -hmm. Don't ever think for a second that you are supposed to feel no fear before you take mm -hmm. action. You are going to feel afraid, especially when it comes to the things that you really want to do, mm -hmm. because that's where our triggers lie, our fears mm -hmm. of rejection yes. and abandonment and failure or success or whatever they are. So feel those fears Run as much transmutative work as you can and unconditional love and acceptance for yourself and then follow the breadcrumbs. Take small actions towards those things you desire, even as you're afraid. Yes. yes. Nora. So true. All of it. Beautiful, beautiful truth. <laughs> we love okay. You. I am done. Okay. okay. <laughs> we, well, we. We, we love, love you, you and we thank you and um, congratulations on your 19 years with John and we're excited to tune in to uh, Beyond the Ordinary and your uh, Absolutely. event wait. with Wendy and then Yay. the summer solstice. So Yay. We're, we're looking forward to all of that. Thank you, Marilyn and Lisa. I love you both. Thank I you. Love you. <laughs> we, we love you. you. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Have a beautiful Thank day. Thanks, Nora. Bye. Bye. Well, that was an incredibly awesome conversation we just had with Nora. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. She is so amazing. It was like she had, before we even got started, it was like she had read and knew intuitively all of the things we were wanting of to talk to her about. Did. Which pretty much everybody that has been on the show has done that. And, and that's been so cool because... It's because we're meeting on the astral plane together. Totally. Before, during, and after mm -hmm. discussing. Well, absolutely it does because I know we both set our intention and connect with everybody that is on this show with their heart space. Absolutely. And so we're meeting on these higher dimensions of reality and mm -hmm. we're already co-creating and collaborating together, right? I thought it was so funny that she was mentioning her thought process on 
campaigning for Bernie Sanders was that no one would want a Pleiadian channel on a political campaign, and the irony being that the BBC World Service actually interviewed her on her thoughts and her insights on Trump being president. and Or as we like to say, he who shall not be named, <laughs> a.k.a. the Dark Lord. Yes. And so you can check out her entire interview with them. It's on her website. Uh, she has a link to it on her Facebook. It's and so cool. It's so awesome. Because she has such a beautiful perspective. She touched on it a little bit. And, you know, we we know that he is serving a purpose. And we're all feeling it. And also, the Pleiadians came through and gave us that amazing, amazing exercise the foal the foal f-o-a-l the foal that we can utilize whenever we're triggered by donald trump so it's like a win-win it is and and that just alone not the the peas didn't come through just once they came through twice and that was such a beautiful gift to get to receive that and to have uh that just beautiful high dimensional wisdom coming through and, and giving us that because we all can use it. And that little exercise alone is really power. It's yeah, it's everything. I mean, we're, we're living in some crazy times right now. There's a lot of high strangeness out there going around a lot of, uh, people being triggered right and left and uh, all we can do is to deal with our own shit. And the only person that you guys have control over is yourselves. And if you can follow those trails and love every part of yourself that is in trauma, you know, where, mm -hmm. where all of those triggers live is from trauma and learn to, to really sit with it and to feel it and to accept it and to love it that yep. is a powerful 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 thing and that just you doing that on the personal level is going to change the world and sometimes it's hard to wrap our brains around how that is even possible but we're telling you it it, it is happening it is absolutely vitally important because change only happens on our own individual levels in our own lives that we have control over and when we do that and we're, we're, we're working through these ingrained uh, triggers and programming and the framework that we're all trying to uh, transmute and transcend from, mm -hmm. you know, and through, that we have to incorporate these practices in our daily lives. And if we don't love ourselves unconditionally, you're not going to love anybody or anything else. And it has to start with us. So... Today's conversation with Nora was just another powerful, beautiful reminder of all of that. And we love each and every one of you and are grateful for you listening to this podcast. And if you love this podcast and you have uh, enjoyed receiving wisdom from our guests, from practices, to please share this with just one person in your life that you feel would like it as much as you do and that would also give you um, uh, another person to be able to talk to about these topics and it is really important 
for us in pursuing what we feel is our path and doing our work that if you can leave a review, it means everything to us. We all know that there's all kinds of algorithms and, and, and factors that work behind the <laughs> scenes. And we want everybody to be listening to this that is guided and in resonance with what we're talking about to share it and to be able to listen to it. Um, and, and that means people that don't listen to it right now. And that's only going to come from our listeners right here today, sharing and helping us in that way to support our endeavors. So as always, we love you all unconditionally. We're grateful for each and every one of you. You can visit our website for today's show notes and the links to Nora's website, Facebook page, YouTube channel, all the good stuff. Our amazing theme music was lovingly created by Frequency Jones. Visit our website, BeTheLightRocks.com. We'll connect again wherever you are and whenever you are. Bye. Bye.